the Laps Factor Podcast. What is up, College Across fans? You're watching 185, episode 185 of the Lax Factor podcast. Today, we are going to talk about Bellarmine, Bellarmine, sorry, versus Mercer, where we saw Mercer get a big win in the, the kind of kickoff of the 2022 College Across season yesterday. So before I recap that game and talk about some other news and talk about the games that are coming up next week, as always, be sure to like, subscribe, and if you're listening, you know, an audio listener, share the podcast with your homies, and as always, Always, you can go to laxfactor.com. You can get yourself a t-shirt. Today's episode is brought to you by our logo t-shirt, Fools. So if you want to support the podcast and, uh, you know, just uh, the, the the more people that buy t-shirts and other crap, the uh, more content we end up being able to put up. I say we, as you all know, it's just me here. So let's get into this here. Uh, Chris Jast, I want to say first that uh, Scorebreak and Chris Jast, and I think it was mostly Chris Jast, did, I, I, I call him Chris Jast because that's his Twitter handle, um, but uh, I, Chris, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, forgive me, Chris, you said it like 15 times and I've never known how to pronounce your name, no matter how many times I listen to your podcast and I see it spelled, it is a brutal name for a dumb shit like me to be able to pronounce properly. Uh, I'll give it a try here a little bit later in the episode, but he did an incredible job. I believe he had made mention that he was operating as cameraman. And he was, I know he was running the stream. They had streaming issues that they ended up getting it uh, fixed up or whatnot, but he did a hell of a job bringing this game to all of us. As you all recall, last year we watched it off a, a player's phone uh, that was streaming it on Periscope through Twitter and everything like that. So thanks to Chris for doing that. And and not only did he do a good job bringing it to us, but he did a hell of a job being entertaining. Uh, it was like watch. It was like sitting next to one of your buddies at the bar as he brought, you know, broadcast a lacrosse game to everybody. It was, it was pretty, he did a pretty great job. One of my new favorite play by play guys for sure. Uh, so, you know, the game itself wasn't quite as exciting, Probably as Chris's commentary was, but alas, it's January and beggars can't be choosers. You know, we're, we're this. I hope this becomes like an annual thing where these two play this early in the season every year. But it ended up being all right. Big, big thing going on here. Sean Goldsmith, lacrosse Twitter's favorite four-eyed lacrosse player, although I think he's now downgraded to two eyes. I believe. I don't know if he's wearing contacts or if he got light LASIK, but I didn't notice any glasses yesterday. He uh, he tallied the season's first goal. Uh, pretty easy. You know, they, they were trying to kind of shut him off. He just backdoored his guy, gets the feed, sticks it. So that was pretty cool out of Goldsmith. He ends up uh, with two goals on the day Goldsmith did. And then as I predicted, Taylor Dooley, I, I, I thought that he was going to be a factor. He ended up being a factor. He posted two goals in a dish while Carl Kepler, he put up a goal and two helpers in the game. Dooley, a sophomore, he's going to be key for Mercer down the road helping out Goldsmith. So that will be good. The real story here in this game, though, Ashton Wood at the faceoff dot, as expected, dominated the faceoff dot. Monster winning percentage of 87% in terms of uh, winning his draws. He won 13 of 15 on the day. I think Mercer overall won 14 of 17 on the day because they had another kid take a couple draws. Uh, this kid's going to be right up there with the likes of Burke, uh, Sisselberger, LaSala, whatnot. So pay attention to him for sure. Um, both goalies ended up playing a solid game, but it ended up being Mercer's Colin Kelly that won the battle, making six saves versus 10 shots for a 60% save percentage. Not a boatload of action for either keeper. Not a lot of uh, shots on cage. It took a, a decent number of shots overall. If we kind of come here and look at the stats, what do we got here? We have uh, shots on goal. 
Ah, yeah, yeah, 16 shots on goal to 10 shots on goal. So not really all that exciting, but you, you can see they did take a lot of shots, just a little bit rusty. A lot of shots missed the cage, so that happened. Uh, let me get back to here. I don't want you guys to have to just sit there and stare at the stats the whole time. But that, that ended up being huge. Uh, Colin Kelly making those six saves versus 10 shots for a 60% save percentage. Uh, for Bellerman. A bright spot here for Bellarmine uh, was John Robbins. Now, I, I'm going to be honest. I was not familiar with John Robbins until I did a little bit of prep yesterday, did the preview, and talked about him a little bit. And uh, preseason A-Sun defensive player. He might be the preseason A-Sun defensive player of the year, but he was at least preseason A-Sun all-conference. Uh, hell of a defender. You know, watching this game, he ended up having five cause turnovers. Uh, was it five? Yeah, five cost turnovers, two GBs. Uh, as I'm rambling, you're going to have seen a takeaway that he actually just took uh, Sean Goldsmith's candy, made it look easy. Uh, as Chris said in the broadcast, it looked like a PLL-level takeaway because you could kind of see he was being patient, waiting, 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 and when Goldsmith turned around, boom, candy is gone, ball's going back up the field for Bellerman. Uh, in, during that takeaway, and if I bring it down here a little bit, you can see it was a record-breaking takeaway, uh, turned him into the all-time leader in Bellerman program history for cause turnovers. So congrats to John Robbins, but there's a kid to watch. I don't know how Bellerman's going to fare during the course of the season, but if this kid plays defense like he did yesterday uh, consistently throughout the season, he's got a potential PLL uh, future ahead of him. He's a hell of a defender, not a big guy in terms of height, 5'9". But as you see here, 185, you know, guy's powerful. He's built like George Costanza, uh, if George Costanza happened to be a Division One athlete, that is. So that was actually good news for Bellerman. Uh, and then that's about it. I mean, the game itself, like I said, it wasn't insanely, it wasn't insanely exciting. And as we kind of go through the box score and we look here, Goldsmith struck early, Dooley and Judd, you know, Mercer, uh, not Bellerman, for Mercer. Mercer took that 3-0 lead. Bellerman battled right back, and, and one guy I did like for Bellerman, yeah, he didn't put up a whole lot of points, but he had that one goal, Benny O'Rourke, but he got some looks, and he looked solid for Bellerman. I talked about him, I think, quickly in the preview from yesterday, um, but then once they tied it up 3-3, uh, Mercer scored that goal right before the end of the half, and then they came out and scored the first five goals of the second half, and that, you know, that was kind of all she wrote from there. So great to see it though. I'm I'm uh, I'm so happy that that game ended up getting streamed. A lot of guys ended up getting locked out of the stream. I was luckily not one of them. I'm a web developer, and I figured that uh, with all the hype surrounding this game and it being the first game of the year, I assumed that there was going to be stream problems at least initially. I was correct. I actually hopped in the stream at 11. Uh, I know a bunch of people on Twitter, a couple of guys that said they had hopped on the stream 10 minutes early, anticipating problems, and sure as crap, when I came down here to kind of set it to record so I had a couple of highlights I could use in today's show, I saw that the, the stream had totally shit out, and, uh, and it wasn't doing well, but they got that fixed up, so great job by that team bringing this game to everybody, because last year, we all watched it on some dude's cell phone. Hey, credit to him, though, for, for doing that as well. Uh, we did get some bad news today, and I don't have that queued up here, but uh, confirmed by Terry Foy and Ty Zanders. I had heard this morning on a, a Syracuse lacrosse forum uh, that that someone had heard Hiltz had broke his shoulder, was I believe how they worded it. Uh, I don't think that's probably the technical term for whatever injury he has, but it is confirmed by Terry Foy and Ty Zanders. Got to give guys credit for being the first to pop off. I almost popped off and did say that I had heard that he had gotten injured, but they beat me to the punch. 
and got it out there to the public that he did suffer an upper body injury. I'm guessing it probably is shoulder related, if that's what some people in the forum were saying, and that he is expected to miss extended time. So that's not good for the Q's fandom. Uh, a lot of people are talking, I saw a lot of people confused as to who is going to end up filling that spot. I suspect it's going to be Cook that will end up filling that spot. I presumed. Um, Cook was going to end up being probably the fourth attackman in the mix and that he might get a little bit of time here and there depending on matchups. And I believe that you're going to probably see Cook down there on attack. I, I didn't go to the scrimmage or anything cool like that, but, uh, you know, I'm, so I'm kind of flying blind like everybody else, but this is terrible news, terrible news for Cuse Nation. And uh, moving on from that, Let's just start getting into kind of what this schedule looks like. Now, one thing I hear a lot of guys talk about is they say, hey, where's this? Where is this game streaming? Where's that game streaming? There's two places on Inside Lacrosse that you can find the streams for every single game uh, throughout the year, at least at the D1 level and even at the D3 level. You'll end up being able to go in and they'll show you all the uh, – they provide links right here. So once they confirm where it where it's streaming, you know, usually the week before the game and, and once the schedules come out a little bit uh, later – or a little bit earlier, you'll end up seeing a button here that will link you off to the stream on the schedule. And then if you go to the scores view here, you can see it was originally when it had this in here, the web, uh, the web stream link was right here. And then that kind of changes after the game's over with. So whether you go to their scoreboard or you go to Inside Lacrosse's calendar, by far the best place to find all of the games in the streams. I think Lacrosse Bucket may have a lacrossebucket.com Tanner's site. I think they may have it too, but definitely just go to Inside Lacrosse. All you do, come here, and then you go to Division One, and then you go to either Scores or Calendar, and you can get all of that information, all the streams and everything. And this is pretty much what I use as I'm going through and doing previews. But what we have coming up here is Duke and Robert Morris. I fully expect Duke is going to whack. I don't think this is going to be a Robert Morris team that's going to hang with Duke. Now, I do know Robert Morris has had a scrimmage or two, and Duke traditionally does not scrimmage, and they just get right into playing games. I do not think you're going to see Duke start slow in this one. I think they're going to come out and wax Robert Morris. I've heard a little bit about them this season, and it does look like Robert Morris might be down a little this year. And by waxing, I mean, this is an early game in February being played here. I'm not talking a 10-15 goal route, but you know, somewhere in the area of five goals to nine goals or so in favor of Duke. And and don't be surprised if Duke comes out and does destroy them. But that's a good one. I think that's going to end up being on the ACC network on ESPN. That's our Friday night game. Kind of Friday night. I'm going to knock off early and watch that one, maybe sip a beer or two. And as we kind of come down the list here, Mercer has to turn right around and play Bucknell. I actually, Bucknell's not bad. That that should be a decent matchup. So for anyone, you know, any fans of those two, two games, I'm sure that'll end up being streaming as well or being streamed as well. Delaware at New Jersey Tech. I, I've got Delaware on that one for sure. Ohio State at Detroit Mercy. Like I said, I'm, 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 semi-high on Ohio State. I think that they're going to actually have a fairly solid season. The Big Ten, it's kind of up in the air who's going to be the, the second best team, the third best team in the Big Ten, and I think Ohio State has a chance to battle for that spot. Hopkins against Jacksonville. This will tell us something. Jacksonville, a lot of hype around Jacksonville. they got a couple of transfers in, a couple of solid players, and from what I hear, they're looking nice here this spring so far. So will this will kind of tell us, hey, What's Hopkins going to look like 
this season, and you're going to find out right away here coming up this uh, upcoming Saturday. Navy and Mount St. Mary's, I like Navy in that one. And and like with the Hopkins-Jacksonville, I'd like Jacksonville, or I like Hopkins uh, to win this game. But my point just being that I think that, you know, if you see Jacksonville come out and play tough, I guess it doesn't tell us anything because, you know, there is a lot of hype surrounding Jacksonville this season, and Hopkins is supposed to be improved. I expect Hopkins to be much improved this season over last season. Uh, Navy over Mount St. Mary's for sure. Virginia and Air Force. Now, I everyone's like, hey, who, who's the favorite to repeat? I mean, at this point, Virginia has to be the favorite to repeat. I do not expect we're going to see another SoCon. I guess this uh, Air Force is no longer SoCon. They're now A-Sun or whatever. So I expect to see Air Force, uh, you know, get beat five to 10 goals here by Virginia. That one could get ugly as well. Michigan, Bellarmine, Michigan's going to win this game. Like I said, Michigan, the Big Ten overall, the teams that finished in the bottom of the Big Ten and that finished under 500 were hurt badly last year by playing a Big Ten only schedule. So you're going to see the Big Ten teams like Michigan and them that finished at the bottom. And I think Michigan will probably finish lower part of the Big Ten again. But you're going to see them back to 500 or close because they're going to be able to win these non-conference games against teams like Bellarmine. Hofstra, Merrimack, I've got Hofstra. Holy Cross, Providence. Holy Cross. I'm going with Holy Cross. They actually had a nice squad last year. Their colors are sweet. Their helmets are really nice, I saw. Penn State, Lafayette. I think Penn State's going to win that one. Penn State had a really uh, a good showing in their scrimmage against UVA. I know it is a scrimmage, and I know I didn't. I, I haven't been high on Penn State so far in this preseason, but I do think that Penn State is going to to beat Lafayette, but I think it will be a, a probably a, a decent game. Rutgers, LIU. Now, once again, I said that Rutgers, they lost 160-plus points on their attack. That's going to hurt them, but defensively, they're very good. And do not front for a second here on LIU. Uh, their roster's not even up. How the hell is that possible? But if we go in here, they got this Richie LaCalandra uh, last year, 33-29. and 29. LIU can fill it up offensively, to be certain. So... You know, this is one of those games where it's like Rutgers is going to have to kind of figure out what their offensive identity is, but Rutgers' defense is going to be their strength for sure. LIU, a good offensive team. I expect that Rutgers' offense will probably start slow in this one, probably pick things up as the game goes on. I think Rutgers gets the win, but I don't think that they'll absolutely destroy by any means LIU. And again, just a, it's good to see the Big Ten teams being able to play someone who's not in their conference again. And then we end up with Utah-Denver. I like Denver in this game. I know Denver lost a ton of talent as well, but I don't think Utah is there yet. Uh, I don't think they're about that life uh, yet. And then uh, Maryland and High Point. Maryland's going to win. Uh, Maryland's got to figure out some things offensively, but Maryland is still very good defensively. Offensively, they're not going to be I don't think they're going to miss too many beats from last year. They're still going to run that same system. And uh, I think I don't think Maryland's going to wax them or anything like that. I think it'll be a solid game. High point defensively, I think, is what's going to end up hurting them. That's typically what hurts high point in these games against the 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 major programs as a mid-major. But uh, you know, watch Asher Nolting and company. They're gonna they're gonna put some points up, and they are really good at playing in the prime time against these big squads. So this is no thing to high point. A lot of these teams, you know, as you come in here, uh, Air Force is used to playing big teams. Uh, let's see who else we got. Jacksonville is getting used to playing these big teams. So I guess there's not, no, no huge 
like just hey th- this team is so outclassed by the other that we're going to see like 15 to 20 point drubbings uh, but this will you know this is never one of them high point can hang with the marylands the virginias the dukes of the world and they've proven that over the last three seasons and they still have asher nolting so that's going to help them i don't think we're going to see an upset i wouldn't even call this an upset alert i bet you maryland by five to eight goals or so but i wouldn't be surprised if high point could cover that and you know keep it within five or whatnot. And then as we get on to Sunday, we get Duke. Like like we said, Duke doesn't scrimmage. They like to play games quick, though, at the beginning of the year. So they're playing Friday and Sunday. So Friday they have, who'd I tell you? Robert Morris. And then as we come down here to Sunday, I'm probably making you guys motion sick with this for the people that are watching. Uh, Sundays we get down here, they take on Vermont. So that's kind of the slate of games. And uh, I'll, you know, I'm going to come back Thursday and we're going to do some some more in-depth previews. New wrinkle in our in the schedule, though. Sunday is going to be the video show on YouTube. I'll eventually get back to the desk behind me. I have had two webcams that were always set up, and one of them got broke. So now I only have the one webcam on my desk here. So I'll get back to the corner, uh, which is behind me here, and uh, we'll do the Sunday shows typically from the corner. Uh, But then Thursday's show, where we're going to do the preview show on Thursday, my goal is to cover a lot more games overall and to maybe even talk about some D2, D3, MCLA games from the weekend before. So Thursday's show is going to uh, transition to audio only. That way I'll be able to ramble a little bit more. I can even talk about things and then splice them in throughout the week as I want to. And then you'll get smatterings throughout the week on YouTube where I'll do specific you know, reviews, maybe cover some games during the week on YouTube video-wise that I didn't cover on Sunday's show. So that's going to be the new schedule. Sunday is going to be the big video show on YouTube, on Spotify, and that will have the highlights. We'll talk about all the games from Saturday. Thursday's preview show is going to be audio only, but it will be longer. We're going to cover a lot more lacrosse, talk about a lot more programs, a lot more levels. And then during the week, as I have time, we'll add more to the YouTube schedule. So just be sure to make note of that. If you're usually expecting that Thursday video show, it is not coming to YouTube specifically here. It will be put out audio only uh, via anywhere where you can get your podcasts. That isn't to say that I may not just record it like this, but just have nothing really on the screen uh, because I don't want to just sit here reading notes and crap like that and have people staring at me as I'm not paying attention and all that crap. But uh, that's it. So I'm going to stop rambling today, guys. Uh, What do we got here? Another quick show, 18 minutes so far. I'm still kind of working on getting my health back, getting back to 100%. So that was it. Not a whole lot of news, but really next weekend we get into the nitty gritty. As I said, Thursday show will be audio only. So make sure you find uh, Lax Factor Podcast wherever you get your audio podcasts uh, on Spotify, Apple, Google, all of those places it will be. It will be longer. We're going to cover a ton of games and preview everything that I possibly can. We're going to talk about multiple levels and everything like that. So audio only show this Thursday. And uh, as always... Go to laxfactor.com, support us there. We have all the content that we put out, we put up there, and then you can buy branded T-shirts and all sorts of other stuff. It's not just that T-shirt, as you know, we got a bunch of T-shirts. So if you want to support the channel, we've got a bunch of T-shirts here you can pick from. So that is it. See you Thursday, and Hoost is out. (laughs) 